romance with a cocktail. I'm Peter. And I'm Ashley. And we're married. Today we're going to discuss The Bromance Book Club by Lissa K. Adams. This is apparently a quintet of books, right? A five-part series? I think so, but the fifth one I don't even think is out. Or maybe it just came out and I haven't read it yet, so... It's yeah. super meta because it's about men reading romance novels to get insight into their wives' feelings and emotions. Is is that or their right? partners' feelings? Yes, I mean that's why I thought it would be a good one for or their you partners. because so there are it could be a girlfriend, but in this book in oh. particular, it's a wife. Have you read all five? I have read all but the newest one. I, I didn't even know it was out yet, so I'll have to check, mm-hmm. but. I thought it would be good because it does kind of introduce you to some of the ideas about romance novels, some of the tropes that are included, um, mm. and that might be good. There, it might be helpful. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was there was a lot, uh, a lot in this uh, romance novel. It was um, there were lots of really wise men who were talking. I don't know if they were so wise. There was, but it it was also. Oh, I've got a lot of highlights. We'll go through the all first, the wise, all okay, the but super that wise is not comments <laughs> by the by the book club folks. So. Um, but I do also want to say, like, I really appreciate that you pretty much do all the work to set this up. I just choose a book and read it, mm-hmm. and you're like setting up all the equipment and getting us going, making the drink. It's kind of and romantic, I isn't that. it? Yeah, it's a little bit romantic. A little bit so romantic. Let's, Let's okay, enjoy our cocktail. And what is this cocktail? This is a uh, Kentucky Mule. So this oh, is okay. actually my favorite. It doesn't have the secret ingredient that makes it really good, which is a pear liqueur. Oh, oh, but, this is good. I mm-hmm. like this. But I love mules in general. So this Kentucky Mule, that means it has bourbon in it? Of course, yeah. And okay. that, that was featured in this novel. So I felt like it needed to be a bourbon drink. And I look at... I looked at a Boulevardier. Yes. And it was kind of, you said it tasted like cough syrup. So I I went in a different okay, direction. Okay, but maybe <laughs> if I'd had a second sip. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes the first sip, you know, is just surprising to me. Yeah. I, um, but I like this. But I've got a friend who makes it with pear liqueur. That's really the, the key. You can't find pear liqueur anywhere, really. It's very hard to find. You have to have special order. I was going to say, I'm sure we can order it yeah, online. We, we would have to. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe we should put that on our list. Well, maybe that's something you can do for us. Yes, I could do that. But it's good even without Yeah, I like it. Mm-hmm. It's tasty. So overall, you know, you read this. How long ago did you read this, do you think? I'm thinking probably the first time I read it was... A year, maybe two, because all the years blur together. When did it come out? So that would be a good question. Um, because I know I ha- it was recently, though. But mm. now she's published five of 2019. them. 2019. Yeah, that, I was thinking I read it during the pandemic. Okay. Because I read a lot of romance novels during the pandemic. Okay. Um, yeah, I just download them. Yeah. So when you read it the first time, what did you think? Were you just smitten with the novel? Were you thinking, oh man, it's, it's just so good. Men well, reading Well, I think I really novels. liked the idea that the men were forming a book club to read romance novels and to help each other figure out how to be romantic. Mm-hmm. 
I think I liked that idea. That was fun to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I mean, this one is interesting. It's a married couple. That's our first married couple that we're then That's reading true. a book about. So I thought, yeah, why not? Mm-hmm. But they had marital problems, didn't they? Yeah, but that's, I mean, it's a romance novel, so obviously they had to have a conflict that mm-hmm. then brought them back together in the end. How would you characterize the conflict that arose between the main protagonist couple? I mean, I think that it stemmed from them not wanting to be vulnerable with each other. I know it was prompted by him realizing that she was faking in bed. Mm-hmm. And faking, faking being in bed? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, she was faking her orgasms in okay. bed. and Kind of garbled those it, words a little bit. It made him <laughs> feel really upset to find out that she had been doing that for three years. But ultimately, they clearly didn't know how to communicate with each other. And that was mm-hmm. the source of their problems. Yeah. I found it ironic that she wrote a novel about men in a book club, and I found it very hard to read because the man was so pitiful. It made I but mean, he I wasn't. Him. He was like a good guy who. Oh, but then didn't, then I just didn't felt, know. I felt sorry for him because he was such a good guy. He was a good guy who just was had some really tough problems that he couldn't get over. But he really didn't. I mean, he was also, let's let's be clear. He's not that you don't need to feel that sorry for him. I mean, he found all this out after he hit a grand slam mm-hmm. in the American League Championship baseball game. So he's like a professional baseball player. Mm-hmm. And they repeatedly talked about how in shape he was. Um Yeah, but if you can't satisfy your wife. But then he could by the end. Well, you see what he did. I mean, that's the thing that was very hard. But he didn't know, and he clearly kind of, you know, had been unaware, and he didn't have anyone to talk to, and Mm -hmm. so he was uncomfortable, and then she wasn't comfortable talking with him. Mm -hmm. And so even though he was a professional baseball baseball player, he really didn't have a lot of experience. Yeah, but so he got upset, and he left. Yeah, I mean, that... And, and, And he... But he left their bedroom. He just kind of gave her the silent treatment because he was upset. Right. Right. And then she escalated by telling him to leave the house. Right. And when he left, she decided it was over because she had issues. Right, because she had been abandoned by her father and her mother, but just abandoned. Mm -hmm. And so she didn't have really any models of healthy romantic relationships. And this struck you as real? I think so. I think the unwillingness to talk about things, Mm -hmm. the desire to please instead of being honest is real. Maybe these circumstances are more dramatic, but I think it's easy for a woman to say, oh, I'm going to do what the man needs, especially if the man has a high-powered career. It's easy to get focused on taking care of kids and to lose who you are. Mm-hmm. And you can like start going through the motions. Yeah. And it seems like they that's what they were doing. And he clearly had no idea how to have a conversation with her. Mm-hmm. Because he could have, have had conversations with her. Yeah. And so the book club helped him. Mm-hmm. 
So you felt more sympathetic towards the woman or towards the man in this relationship? Um, I think I felt sympathetic to both of them. Probably they presented him even more sympathetically than her. Right. Which was interesting because usually it's the opposite. Yeah. Yeah, I I had a hard time with the man. Like, you didn't at any point think the woman was like almost verging on unlikable. No, because I think it she was just trying to figure things out. I mean, I think she maybe was like hard on him and we wanted to see her be more open and willing, but she had been hurt. Like she had to deal with her issues. Right. And I, he, I understand that. Like they were both, like they both kind of had those like different issues, but like they, neither of them could support each other to work it out until it got so bad. Mm-hmm. And then like he got the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't, you thought she seemed unlikable? As the novel wore on, he was portrayed in this this sort of like pathetic light, the poor, poor, you know, guy who's just trying to make it work with his wife and she won't give him a chance. And you don't really know until halfway through what her issues were. So the whole time you're just thinking, oh, he's, she's so mean to him. But isn't and that not, not giving him a chance? But don't you when think you were that's reading real? That, like, but when you were reading that, you weren't thinking, "Oh, why is she so mean to him? He's trying to make it work, and she's just not even giving him the time of day." You thought, "Oh, that's normal. That's well." I to thought be she was she was hurt. I I just thought that why should she jump and do what he wants? Because we're not clear at all, really, on what's going on at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And you're clear at the beginning, like very soon in, that she has an orgasm and it's their first time in three years of marriage. And that's what precipitates this whole thing where he gets angry because she was faking it and gives her the cold shoulder. Then she asks him to leave. Then he leaves. We find him drunk at the very beginning of the novel. Drunk on bourbon. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. why we have this cocktail. And uh, he's got a bunch of friends. And he says, I want to fight for this marriage. I want to make it work. That's the beginning of the novel. And so the yeah. beginning is I'm trying to identify with him. Like, yeah, I, I would want to fight for my marriage too. What a good guy. And it takes 50% of the novel before she starts giving him anything. Yeah, but he had to learn to listen to her and, like, attend to what she wanted, not just getting back with her and telling her that he wanted to get back with her. I mean, he had been kind of not paying attention to her for three years while he was on the road. But that's not clear until way into the novel. That's why I'm saying I had a really hard time because he's trying really hard and he sounds, you know, pitiful. I do not understand why you think he sounds pitiful. He was not pitiful. He was vulnerable. He wanted his wife back. He loved her. Right. And I mean. Well, it's it's also like intimated that like he doesn't even know how to do. He's never done oral sex with his wife, for example. Yeah, I mean that's kind of. I mean that's that's like crazy. Three years into a marriage, like. 
like and and then his change suddenly is super profound. He like becomes a Lothario like with, overnight. Like no, with the help of the romance novel. I I just don't believe it. I don't believe somebody who doesn't have any orgasms for three years in a marriage over the course of one one night with the same person who has read romance novels is going to have it said over six. But don't you think? <laughs> That's what it said. Well, you know they were young and too. That, They're only she's only. By the way, six. it was in minute detail about the number, like what they did to have each of the six orgasms over the course. Okay, of the night. okay, but that is not the point. <laughs> the point is that they finally connected personally and emotionally in a way that they hadn't been. Right. So then she was open. Mm-hmm. wanted it and he was aware and i mean it's hard to believe that he wouldn't have known that these things work but they do make it out that he didn't have a lot of experience and i don't know maybe he didn't read or i don't know i mean you're right it is interesting that he didn't know mm-hmm. or didn't think about it but she was also faking she didn't tell him mm-hmm. and she faked that it was working which means if he's not perceptive which clearly the character is not a perceptive character in the beginning of the novel, how would he have known that what he was doing wasn't working? Because she Mm -hmm. didn't say anything. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I thought that's what was interesting to me is that it was really about them being willing to talk with each other and, and like, share Mm -hmm. how they were feeling and not to be, like, afraid to do that. Um, Yeah. And And, and by the way, he has a stutter, too. Which makes him even more like pitiful seeming. It's but it doesn't because it it says that basically society judged him for it. Right. And so he had a hard time because people were hard on him. So you've got a guy with a stutter who's like so clueless. Like he says that like he hasn't ever been with any girls and isn't very experienced. Right. And can't satisfy his wife in the bedroom. And then you have a woman who it's revealed somewhere deep into the novel maybe has some daddy issues. But it's not really like, it's sort of like a side thing that like later on. But that keeps her from being vulnerable. And you can't be in a relationship if you're not vulnerable. But do you see why maybe one one would be more likable than the other? Oh, I said from the beginning. I mean, they do kind of paint him, which is interesting because that is not typically the case in romance novels. Right. As the one, as like the more romantic one, the mm-hmm. one who's really trying and, right. um, but he's not really talking to her. Like I said, like. And then there's the sister. What do you think about the sister? Did that ring true to you? You are a woman with a sister who's sort of in and out of your life from time to time. Well, I don't know if I would describe it that way, but I mean. I could I think that the relationship is true because if you have a sister and your parents aren't really taking care of you then your mm-hmm. sister especially if you're close in age is going to be the person that is close and clearly they have a lot of unresolved challenges because of the relationships that they saw among adults in their lives. Yeah. And so the sister is younger And she's not really taking into account the full story of the marriage. She doesn't know the full story. 
And so she can't really be anything but like wanting to defend her sister and make sure her sister is not being taken advantage of or treated poorly and and so I think that's okay. I mean, I think that's again, it's a book. It's not real life, mm-hmm. but I think that well that's true. I mean, again, it seemed like she was like very hard on him. Yeah. And we don't really know the extent of what's going on with her. Right. So it's hard to kind of feel sympathy for her, empathy exactly. for her, because you feel a lot of empathy for the guy. Right. And, most are, and it's sort of like privileging his experience to hers. I mean, they do explore hers, but like it's not until late in the novel that you start getting this other stuff about her father. But that's because it's only late in the novel that he knows how to talk to her and push her to find out what's going on. Because at first he's not even thinking about it. I mean, he reacts like a spoiled kid when he when she actually has an orgasm and he realizes that she's been faking and he goes to the other room and won't talk to her. Is that really that's, acceptable? Hold on. That's not exactly what the timeline was. The timeline was... She has a real one. He stops and says, what is that? And then they have a discussion. And she reveals to him that she, for the duration of their entire marriage, has been faking in the bedroom. And he leaves instead of talking it out. He's upset with her. But he do- but over a Does month goes right? by. Does he have a right to be upset? Yeah, I mean, they're not talking. And we know you have to communicate to be in a relationship. Do we know? Well, I mean, I think that is one major part of being in a relationship. You can't let resentments build. You can't let things build that you don't talk about. and And then suddenly spring them on someone. Yeah. But he didn't react well. Right. He didn't, like, try to work through it. So, So my main... I guess my main concern with with the, those two is that neither of them really treats their marriage as particularly sacred or important. Not until they go through this process, I would agree. And maybe that's just society nowadays, but it made me sort of like kind of dislike both of them in some ways. Because you say he's acting spoiled. Yeah, I agree. But then after he turns it around, after a month, he turns it around. Well, no, only after she finally says, go, leave. Go, yes. Because he's just sitting in the guest bedroom, not communicating until she does that. And that's when he says, oh, wait, this is serious. What have I done? Right. So, I mean, takes that for him to. Sure. Because there's no indication that he was already feeling and like going to do something when he was just in the guest bedroom. Right. And I agree with you. They weren't taking it seriously, but isn't that the point that, like, they had to learn to take it seriously and to take each other seriously and to to talk with each other, to spend time with each other, mm-hmm. to appreciate what each offered mm-hmm. and not just, again, go through the motions? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I, I will say that 
I could accept that. You know, we were talking a little bit this week about verisimilitude, if you will. Yes. So you can you can do certain things and, you know, sci-fi. You suspend disbelief on certain levels. Like you mm-hmm. say, okay, this guy with a stutter is so inexperienced. Even though he's like clearly on the internet and women are fawning over him. But somehow he's never gotten a girlfriend. Well, he, even though he's in the pros. Like, it's just kind of crazy to me. that. But you know rich, people that are like that. And if you go too long without one, it becomes hard for a man. Because as you've pointed out, I don't a know man anybody has to like... Who, I don't know anybody who looks like our friend who we both know. Who's 6'3", is a model, is also super rich. I don't know anybody who's like him. Who who is like a great athlete also. Who doesn't have just women throwing themselves at him. But that he may have that, but he didn't feel comfortable in a relationship with I don't them. know anybody who d- has women throwing themselves at him and doesn't at some point act on it. I mean, he acts on it enough to, to knock her up randomly in the backseat of his car. And that's but they like were already event of their dating. Marriage. But that's the point. Like the fact that like. But that's the whole point. She's been pursuing her in a coffee house for a month when they get together. Right. But you would probably say that someone like him shouldn't be do, wouldn't have to do that. And that would never do that. But I mean, you're just saying like a broad stroke that that's how professional athletes have to be or these like handsome guys. They don't have to be. I'm just saying it's unlikely. But so let's suspend disbelief for that. that. That seems unlikely, but let's just say somehow his stutter caused the girls in his school to say he was the pity fuck of the, right. of the superlative. So he felt very uncomfortable. And so from then on, that was his like precipitating deep injury that caused him to not have any confidence. Whatever. Okay. So let's just suspend disbelief for that. But then... You get this book club where all these wise sages of men are reading romance novels and they say things like, all spouses become strangers to each other at some point in a marriage, Dell said. All human beings are work in progress and we don't all change at the same pace. Who knows how many people have gotten divorced simply because they failed to recognize that what they thought were insurmountable problems were actually just temporary phases. So that I mean, but I think that's true. You that may be true. No man, no no man ever said that to another man in that way. <laughs> but I but they may say it in maybe a different way, and it doesn't I mean it's a book. It doesn't have to be real. The point <laughs> is that the romantic part of being married is that you see each other through phases. You see yes. each other through growing, and it's not always easy. I and agree. I think that that is what, to me, was like interesting mm-hmm. about it. Look, man, Malcolm said, his Hulk-sized hand stroking a beard thick enough to qualify for federal forest protection. Men are idiots. We complain that women are so mysterious and shit, and we never know what they want. We fuck up our relationships because we convince ourselves that it's too hard to figure them out. But the real problem is with us. We think we're not supposed to feel things and cry and express ourselves. We expect women to do all the emotional labor 
in a relationship and then act confused when they give up on it. They're all like, all these men are but, like these I mean, that's wise like the sages. same, that is like what precipitated this podcast. We were arguing over whether women wanted men to like have feelings and express their emotions and not be strong. And you were saying basically that men are supposed to be strong. They're not supposed to be having all these emotions because they're going to be weak. And I was like, I don't believe that. And then we started talking about romance novels. And I was saying, you know, there are characters in romance novels now who aren't like that strong, like no emotion type. And you were like, no, not, Let's not read strong, these. no emotions. Well, not expressing their emotions in this way, not being seen as weak. W- women do like strong men. I mean, it's well, but true. maybe it's what does strong mean? And you can have feelings <laughs> and emotions, Agreed. and you can be vulnerable and to be a point. strong. To a point. That's what I think is hard for you about this book. I really do. It said this is the first time the main male character Mm -hmm. has like struggled in in these kind of ways like in like a more like vulnerable way than in the other books we've read and it's harder for you to imagine that that very hard for me to read read this and just be like i mean i just felt so sorry for him the whole time i was like God, this is like humiliating. Because this is like I'm a reading. nightmare to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the worst. <laughs> that's what guy. I think. Oh, it's the worst. And so you really mm. didn't like that about it. Yeah. But it. This is not a let me get to know you story. This is a we're married. But then you and got we the don't sages, really know each other. and I know it's just it's just fanciful. Like, you just have to, like, suspend a lot of disbelief in this, is what you have to do. I mean, they're all professional athletes, too, and somehow they well, have no, time. Well, no, some of them are businessmen. But they're mostly... But they're on the off-season. They're not sitting around reading romance novels, and they're certainly not talking like this. You are literally sitting around reading romance novels right now, in your life. Yes, with my wife. But you're doing like exactly the same thing. Reading romance novels to understand something about romance, right? Mm -hmm. So like maybe this is a group of men doing it, but it's literally what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So is it really that crazy? Well, it's just not a novel. Write Write a book about it, but not a novel about it. Romance novel, here's another. Romance novels are primarily written by women for women, and they're entirely about how they want to be treated and what they want out of life and in a relationship. We read them to be more comfortable expressing ourselves and to look at things from their perspective. Yeah. Right? I mean, I think that that's probably true, mostly. Now, they're ignoring that there are romance novels written from every perspective and all kinds of relationships. Oh, it gets better. But if you talk about just general male-female romance novels written by women, then yeah. It is actually. Oh, great. That sounds relevant. It is actually, Malcolm said. 
Modern romance novels use the patriarchal society of old British aristocracy to explore the gender-based limitations placed on women today in both the professional and personal spheres. That shit is feminist as fuck. Okay, so she, he says this like string that sounds like it came from your PhD paper. I know it's so and then cool, and then and then she's and then she's and then and then the author says, "Well, I'll make it sound like it's a guy by tacking on that shit as feminist as fuck to like make it sound <laughs> like it wasn't lifted from a paper." I mean, that's the sort of thing like you got, and it, it goes on and on. I mean, I got a dozen yeah, but of none of the things that you've read change that the central story about a marriage only working and really only being romantic if the person is seeing and noticing and attending to the other person and communicating with them is necessary like that's the point Mm -hmm. and if they have to read romance novels to find that out yeah so read romance novels to find that out so that that leads us to what i've been talking about this week which is Well, we talked about it a little bit last week, which is this idea of this reciprocity. There mm-hmm. has to be a, an emotional reciprocity right. in any relationship. Yep. What you're feeling needs to be reflected in your lover, and what your lover's feeling needs to be reflected in you in some way that's reciprocal, right? Right. But when they... When an author makes an emotional ecology that doesn't really exist in real life, that's where I have problems. I I don't see this really happening in real life. Like this, this I think that this is what I've been calling like emotional pornography. What, now, who's sounding like a a PhD? Person. Well, okay, so I say pornography in the sense that like. In a sexual sense, there's a lot of criticism on pornography because it puts a lot of like unrealistic expectations on women, right? Okay. That's sort of the idea out there is that like men who watch too much pornography expect their women to act like porn stars, right? Okay. Yeah, I didn't really know that, but okay. Well, that's what they say. Okay. I don't know if that's true, but they say that that's how it's ruining society and ruining relationships. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so... My worry is that this is emotional pornography in the sense that you're setting up expectations for men to act emotionally. Like, they're not really programmed to act and act. But maybe they need to be. I mean, think about it. Like any man that I know. So let's take it to, like, a real, real simple level. Okay. Like, you know, I keep saying that romance is about noticing. And I think of, like, there are times when, like, we're not on the same page. Like, I'm, like, tired and grumpy and, like, have had a long day. And you're super energetic and positive and, like, want to, like, be active, you know? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's right that you don't – you ignore my grumpy, tired, just want to, like, totally zone out way. But sometimes it's, like, notice – and shift your emotions to support, right? Mm-hmm. And that's like a basic everyday life scenario of what this is doing or what you're talking about. It's like it's all about noticing. That's that's what it is. It's all about listening and 
figuring out what's going on with the other person. And I don't think that's unrealistic. Mm. I mean, I think that's like, that is like a necessary part of a relationship. I agree. And I think men can do that. I wouldn't say that noticing is necessarily romance and that romance is necessarily noticing. But it's not romantic if it doesn't, like, if it doesn't meet the need of the person in that moment. Right. And you can't meet the need if you don't notice what's going on. Sure. Right, like, he was not doing well I don't know why noticing, I'm not saying noticing isn't a good thing. But you're saying, like, that's what they're telling him is, like, pay attention to what she's doing. Like, be aware of how she's feeling. So -hmm. they're saying it in all these ways that, yes, I agree. It's unlikely anyone would talk like that, really, unless they set out to talk like that. Um, But that's all they're telling him is, like, pay attention. Mm Mm-hmm. You're not, like, paying attention. Now, they don't know what precipitated the the breakup. Right. Until he well finally in. tells them. Right. They don't, it's so they don't really healing. know. That struck me as, as very real. <laughs> 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 Never tell anybody about that. Right, because he was, like, super embarrassed. Yeah. Which is why he was so mad and why he wouldn't talk to her. Mm-hmm. Because it was, like, hitting him in his, like, like masculine identity, right? I mean, don't you think? And that's why he couldn't talk to her about it. Because when he found that out, he was like so upset. Yeah, yeah. That struck me as real, yeah. I could see getting upset. I mean, probably not for a month, but I mean. But that's because different you already, folks know, do different you already things. know how to communicate. Right. Like you're a good communicator. You're a better communicator than me. Most yeah, of the time. That's true. Like, I've learned to communicate because you were already a good communicator. That's true. If I, what if I had, like, developed a relationship with someone who wasn't a good communicator? Isn't, doesn't it become more real in that scenario? Yeah. Because I wouldn't have said anything. Sure. sure. I could have easily been that person. Yeah. And I could only hope that that person, that fictional relationship would be with someone who has friends who are in a bromance book club. (laughs) (laughs) Here's a good line. Okay. The backlash against the PSL is a perfect example of how toxic masculinity permeates even the most mundane things in life. If masses of women like something, our society automatically begins to mock them, just like the romance novels. If women like them, they must be a joke, right? Like, nobody talks about this. I mean, but... Nobody, no men talk like this. I'm just telling you right now. But how much have you made fun of my romance novels? And would you drink a pumpkin spice latte? I'm sure I've tasted one before. Have you? I've never tasted one. I mean, I gotta (laughs) think I have. But, like, men are are always drinking black coffee. I'm not even really into coffee, so... Seems like they're always drinking, like, black coffee. When do the men go get a frappuccino? I love cappuccinos. Cappuccinos, but what about frappuccinos? I don't know what a frappuccino is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get it. That was not, but it's just to make the point mm-hmm. that, like, sometimes what we think is a product of what we think we're supposed to think. Like, we're not supposed to like romance novels, right? Because, and is it because they were written for women by women? No, I mean, it is. I will say. Just doing this podcast is like 
little worried about who's going to find out that I'm doing this and what they're going to say about me. What? But who cares? Why are you... Well, I get it. I didn't even want to tell anyone I was doing it. Well, you don't like to tell anyone anything about you. You don't yeah, even but I answer don't like, your phone I don't like to tell you. people that I read romance novels. Oh. But I've heard enough people say that is like yeah. the patriarchy and that smart women read romance novels and we need to be okay with it that I'm like, I need to be okay with it. But yeah. my... Initial well, is go, like it's. Let's go back to this okay. idea. Do you think? Do you agree that if there is some cheating on the depiction of the way people are emotionally, to in order to depict a catharsis that is pleasing to women, that that would be maybe deleterious to people's relationships if they depicted men in a way that men really aren't i mean i suppose especially I, if somebody was that was their main way that they were like figuring out what men but were do like, you or relationships think were like that well do, i don't know that do you i think just, most women read romance novels and think well this is not real but i'll read it anyway i think most women read romance novels and think if only this was real What, or what would you think if or men, they think if when men, is this real and let me be a pay attention to when it is real hmm. so if men watch pornography you think that would be an okay way to watch pornography well i don't think that See. they serve the same purpose <laughs> well they i mean they do they're both relationship oriented that's true and i don't I mean, I have a lot of experience with romance novels. I think they maybe don't do that because I think what they're really doing is giving women confidence that re that there should be certain ways of acting in a relationship. Has that, been, has that been your experience of romance novels? Well, I think they feature strong women. I mean, this one maybe not. I mean, she is strong, but she's lost herself. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to say I have to find myself again. And I can't just be this, like, version of myself that I don't want to be. Right. And that's okay. And see, you didn't even like her. And that's what she wanted, was to be herself and to not be, like, this, like, shadow. What does she call it? Pastel version of herself. Yeah, I threw up in my mouth. Oh, my gosh. I, I don't even know what to do with that. But, like, it's okay to be yourself. It's okay to, like, want. It's just a very modern a conception. Like, oh, I got to be true to myself. And there aren't things that, like, sacrifice I ought to make. Like, maybe I'm married with children and I ought to make a sacrifice for my children. Instead, well, no I'm one's just saying they don't. But that it's okay to keep pursuing things that I want to do too. I, I get it. I mean, that's I super it. important. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, there's also something like, I think most women reading the romance novel that we read would see, like, I would think would see, like, we have to, like, we have to be able to say what we're feeling, whether it's about, like, a challenge in life or it's about something in the bedroom. And, like, mm -hmm. you have to be able to express that because you can't have a healthy relationship without doing that. Right. So I don't know that that's bad. 
I mean, I don't know. I guess I can see, like, if you put unreasonable expectations on a man, but I'm not sure she put any unreasonable expectations on her husband. Like, what was unreasonable that she expected from him? Well, I think this sense that, like... I don't know that any man would work that hard and do as much as he did to try to change things in order to save the relationship. I think that's a dangerous thing, for example. If I'm just, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, you know, somebody's in a tough relationship. Let's say there's someone in a relationship just like this one's, and they're not satisfied in the bed. They think, oh, I read this novel. She kicked him out and said she was getting a divorce and, like, made him really work his way back in, and then he... But learned maybe. to please, and then they had six orgasms within okay, but that a, a month. So, what I thought. So if I just kick him out and say I'm getting a divorce, maybe he'll work hard and like find a book club and like. But I would say that that's not what I would take from it. I would say what I would have taken is, I shouldn't fake it, and I should tell him what I want. Mm-hmm. Is what I would say, because that's in the end what ended that's up true. happening. He ended up saying, "Tell that's me true. what you want." So maybe it's not that damaging. Let's just say it's not that damaging. But it's also not that real. I mean, do you feel like it puts unrealistic expectations on you for relationships already if in these think four? most men talk about things like what I talk about with you, like I entertain your ideas about patriarchy and... and Entertain and re- and, my ideas? And, and read your novels. You know that most men do not do that. You realize that, But right? there are plenty of men who do believe that it, and do think about that kind of stuff. I think even men who bought into it don't talk about it that much. <laughs> well, that may be true. I mean, I, I would agree with you on that. But, like, I mean, but maybe How they How many should. men do you know are reading romance novels with their wife and doing a podcast about it? But that's why you're awesome. Well, I'm just that's saying. What I'm saying. Like, it's not normal, though. <laughs> but maybe it should be. Not, not reading romance novels and having a podcast because some people wouldn't, that wouldn't be what mm-hmm. would be romantic to them or wouldn't build their relationship. But, like, shouldn't you do things with your wife or husband and, like, find ways to get to know each other in different differently and find ways to talk with each other Mm -hmm. and like this is our outlet for that our outlet yeah but i I mean there are a lot of people in relationships where they don't talk and they don't do anything together Mm -hmm. and i'm not sure that's healthy or romantic what i see it's like this look on your face is like i'm about to say something or read something So, for example, a woman remembers every time a man winks at her because we love winking. It's like catnip. Do you agree? No. Is that a real thing? I mean, I think we should never speak in general. (laughs) These are the things that come up in this. I don't know. Maybe you should try winking at me more. We'll see, but no, I've never... You'll just laugh, because you're (laughs) laughing right now. Just the very idea of it makes you laugh. But I mean, maybe I just haven't thought of it that way before. Uh No, I did notice that, and I did think, well, like, maybe to some people, winking is, like, really a turn-on or romantic, but I'm not Mm -hmm. sure it ever has been to me. But, you know, you can try it if you want. You know, they say at some point, 
she, he needs to court her. Yes. Is romance the same as courting? I think courting is a romantic idea. I think romance can exist outside because courting suggests that you're getting to know the person hmm. and building a relationship. Doesn't with romance them. suggest that? <laughs> yeah, but you, I mean, we know each other. We're not really building a relationship. We're like in a relationship and you can still do romantic things and I can still do romantic things. Hmm. But I'm not sure you would be courting me because we are past that. Oh, but if we had a setback like they had, I might have to court you again? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. you can put that on the list. All right. But don't you, I would think you would think the idea of courting is romantic. Because you think of like marriage and entering into a relationship with a marriage in mind. Mm -hmm. Like you think that that is the right way to enter into a relationship. Mm -hmm. And so that process of getting to know the person and building toward marriage. Yeah. But no, you don't think that's romantic? I mean, it could be. I also think that... I don't know. I, I wonder if sometimes, like, courting is just for women. Because I don't know any men who think they're being courted. Well, I have to think of romance novels. I've definitely read romance novel where it's the woman who, like, switches it and is, like, courting the man. But it, so, for example, like, it says in Courting the Countess, which is the novel within the novel mm -hmm. in this book, he couldn't very well court someone who had no desire to be courted. So it is a one-way thing. I that mean, was even actually what that. I was going to say. The thing that's not as romantic about courting is that it's one way. Like, you're not is like... Is romance two-way? You know, be. I believe it's two-way. Uh-huh. But maybe in the initial stages, there is like a... Maybe there's something that's one-way almost because there's one person who is investing. Mm-hmm in getting this relationship off the ground. And clearly, like in this case, he's investing in reconnecting with her. And in order for them to reconnect, he had to be the one to do it. Yeah. Because she she couldn't have, she was not in the place to do it. Mm -hmm. And he she didn't have like a whole book club to support her. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, there's some talk about backstory being really important. What do you... What well, do you, you agree with that, don't you? Yeah. I mean, that is true. Like, our mm -hmm. our issues, our parents' issues, are their parents' issues, and, like, where we come from, and the mm -hmm. experiences that we have impact how we act, whether we want it to or not, mm -hmm. and in a relationship, I mean... As my mother would say, you have to have corresponding pathologies. Yeah, I know. I always think of that, and your yeah. mother's saying that. Um... So here's another quote. It's too much, but it's there's good ideas in here. It means that whatever happened to your wife before she met you plays a role in who she is today, Malcolm said. We are the sum total of our experiences at any given time, and our reactions to things are shaped by them, just like in romance novels. Whatever a character went through before the start of the book will eventually determine how they react to things that happen in the book. 
But we're talking about my life here, not a book. Same principle apply, Malcolm said. That's why fiction resonates with people. It speaks to universal truths. I mean, okay, I mean that's a little... A little much, saying too it's, much. It's saying too much, but it's true. Mm-hmm. And in relationships, it's important to know that. Yeah. And so maybe that's why this one for you, it's like a little bit too wise, but it's because he, it's the vehicle by which he comes to understand mm-hmm. what it really means to be in a relationship because he did not know and did not understand. Yeah. And like even that point, like he didn't, he talks to his dad and he's like, well, y'all just always were so great. And like, y'all just were all, you know, you never had problems. Mm-hmm. Because his idea is that in a relationship, you can't have problems. And his dad has to be like, no, if you're married to someone for that long, like you're going to have issues and you have to work through them. Yeah. And it seems a little naive. That was an annoying part. I don't know. Like me, I don't like arguments and I don't want arguments. And I'm like, oh, that's like the end of everything if we're arguing. But like, that's not true. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose if you're like in a super waspy like family whose parents apparently have no issues, you could think that they actually didn't never did. Right. So I highlighted this in blue because I the blue means that I don't like. I think this is okay. I, I just really didn't like it. So not only does he hear this British aristocrat yelling names at him, really weird names, which is kind of like a funny, eccentric thing to do, but then all the men say that they also hear a British aristocrat in their ears. Yeah, when yeah, they're I remember. It's, it, it's your subconscious, Malcolm said. At some point in this process, every one of us has had to fight a British aristocrat in our brain that identifies things that we would otherwise prefer to ignore. You like that? You like <laughs> no, that part? No, that is like doesn't really okay. do much. But it's just the idea, I guess, that the books they're reading are about British mm-hmm. aristocrats, which is again a little bit like an outdated vision of what romance novels are, because romance novels aren't just British aristocrats anymore, and maybe they were at one time more mm. more of that. Yeah, but they are choosing to read those like Regency era novels, more likely Cyclopas. You know, that's what they're choosing to read in their book club. Mm-hmm. We all have a void, Dell said a moment later. Something that's missing in us. Something we need, but don't want to admit or don't even know we're missing until we find it in that other person. It's like my mother and the... Pathology. If you want to fix this thing with Thea... Thea? I always read Thea, but I don't know. Didn't we know a Thea? Didn't Lily, wasn't Lily friends with a Thea? Taya. Taya. But it wasn't spelled like that. Mm-hmm. So it maybe is Taya. Figure out what she's missing inside. Stroke that broken part of her until it doesn't hurt anymore. That's how to say I love you to Taya. Yeah, I mean, in some at some level, I think that that is is a romantic idea in the sense that like when you find the person and you develop the relationship, you fit. Mm -hmm. And those things that have like kind of like followed you 
are less because you're with this person who makes things better. But at the same time, I also want to think like, it's not up to the other person to like fix those things. And it's not really that romantic that it's the, the other person relationship that has to fix these things. No, like you have to, you have to like do it. Talk together about that a little more. Why is that not romantic? Because that takes away the person's the role. agency. The agency. The idea that like I don't have to have you to be like this like whole person. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's more romantic that mm-hmm. like maybe it's like something in but be- it's not that always. It's not always. It's not really that. It's like. I don't know, that person pushes you to want to fix these things, to mm-hmm. want to address these issues, which is actually what I think happens in the novel. Yeah. He doesn't fix them. He pushes her to fix them. Yeah. And to, like, face them. Which I do think is romantic. Mm-hmm. But it's not, it's not the other person that's fixing them, to me. Yeah. I agree. Nothing very romantic about a woman with no agency. Or a man, right. I mean... Or a man. Or a man Man, with no agency. Men with no agency is rare, but like... But it wouldn't be that the woman would be... Like a damsel in distress is Is not, right. Right. And they say, again, backstory is everything. Like you gotta... And like he's thinking that, which is very... Well, it matters. It's kind of like what I always tell teachers, which is not in a romance vein but like in just a life vein like it's not about you always Mm -hmm. and like gavin in this book is like it's all about him he moves out he doesn't even see her for what's going on with her right so they have to keep saying backstory is everything because like you got to know the you got to know the person like you have Mm -hmm. to know them and they have to be willing to talk to you maybe that's why we've worked so well together throughout our marriage because we knew each other way back in high school Right. And it's hard to like put on certain appearances if you know somebody from 10th grade on. Oh, I, I think that a lot. I mean, yeah. when you know so much. So maybe that's an endorsement of marrying. Marrying your high school. <laughs> right. Sweetheart. Oh, and knowing family, how we've noticed in a lot of these novels, family play a role. Right. And like knowing Well, backstory family, is everything. where people come from. According to Alyssa K. Adams, backstory is everything. I mean, I do think it is a lot of it. Mm-hmm. It's what you do with it that's sure. really everything, but it's, it's important. Mm-hmm. And like the idea that he wouldn't know, mm-hmm. not romantic. Yeah. So in her author bio at the end of the novel... Lucy K. Adams read her first romance novel at a very young age when she swiped one from her grandmother's stash. Mm -hmm. After a long journalism career in which she had to write way too many sad endings, she decided to return to the stories that guaranteed a happy ever after. Yeah, I mean, Do you agree? Let's go back to the question. Are romance novels happy ending stories? Because your friend had you question that. Yeah, I have been thinking about it, but like, and I think there's a place for fiction without happy endings. Mm-hmm. But they're not but romance I novels. I don't think they're romance novels. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, they can tell you a lot about love too and what it should be, but they're not romance novels. 
Cormac McCarthy's out. All the pretty horses is out. Well, I said that from the beginning. So even if I broadened my definition, I don't think that would have been in. But Mm. I mean, I don't know. I think there's just something about a happy ending. There aren't always happy endings. It's nice to read books that have them. Yeah. And I'm willing to like suspend disbelief enough. Yeah. For them to be happy, but in, in, at least well, in this what do you mean one, suspend disbelief? I I believe there's there can be a happy ever after. There are plenty of novels that end with happy endings. I mean, are there really? It seems like they're mostly tragic, but you know, Huckleberry Finn. I mean, okay, but not at all about love. So. But I'm just saying there are plenty of novels like just ending happy ever after doesn't mean it's yeah. But like we're talking about sad. love. We're talking about love stories. Mm-hmm. And absolutely, there can be love stories that don't end happy, but I happily. But I don't think there are romance novels. I think they serve a different purpose. Yeah. Than a romance novel. Okay. Um, okay. So then, I mean, I think the question then becomes, because it's not really about whether you liked the story or not. Mm-hmm. It's really about what did you learn. What is there a takeaway from this novel about romance? Well, I think it's. Um affirm this reciprocity yeah idea that i have that, yeah i think that's interesting i think that right. there is um was there a noticing moment there wasn't like an artifact that he held on to you know all those novels we've read like I've the key in the thing. pocket or yeah. like the necklace that he held on to forever the, the ring for right. even for um evie and right. lord saint vincent no, I guess the noticing, the thinking about the other person was taking her to do the art supplies. And then her standing up for him when the woman made fun of his stutter. Well, oh, that was, and that was like two housewives of Nashville, I guess. It was very annoying to me, that whole, that whole wags thing. I mean, but I get being it. Able... I mean, she's, she's married in her eye. Author bio, yeah. Alyssa K. Adams is married to a sports writer. So she probably had some insight into what it's really like in these yeah. athlete relationships. But anyway. But so the reciprocity, though, like that is something that you're seeing like in the novels. They do that. But you kind of question whether that's really how life is. So that's not necessarily a takeaway about romance. No, I, I think it is. I think it's a takeaway. I think it's true. I think there's I think there's something to be said for like the idea of fiction expressing a, a greater truth about about our life than tomes of scientific literature mm-hmm. would tell us about cognitive yeah. science, you know? Um Romance belongs to the category of the soul rather than category of cognition, maybe. You know? Okay. Speaks to us as, like, synthesized creatures, not just creatures with biochemical reactions, if you will. Yeah. Okay. So I I think that it says something about that because it is about the reading of romance novels, right? Right. And so the idea that... Not only is this reciprocity there, but that the reciprocity is more than just cognition. It's like deeper. And what that deeper thing is, it doesn't really get to that too too well. I mean, it's something to do with family, maybe a little bit. 
she spends a lot of time talking about the fact that it's like, I mean, when you base it on sex, it become it seems like it's all about biochemical reactions, right? Because she bases well, it but all there's on... there's more, always more. Because if it was just a biochemical reaction, they wouldn't go three years without having any... Wait, I just, I'm them. sorry. Well, I'm sorry. That's why it didn't strike me as real. I just don't believe that some man would, like, literally not ever understand oral sex. Like, I just don't believe that that would happen over three years. I just don't, don't believe it. Unless you're like religious, not... like very religiously. I mean, I've had friends. I've had a friend who's a very good athlete. I had a girlfriend who once confessed that she wishes he would spice things up. But the, I don't think she wasn't having an orgasm ever. Like, I don't know, but I told time. you that. I mean, I think women do go a long time without one. They might, but like... I have heard that from people, that they have gone a long time. But I don't believe that then you wouldn't have some sort of like... way to be with your partner and enjoy it. Like, I just don't... Maybe. I, have I know. That. It's hard to believe, but I have a feeling that it's more common than you would imagine. Hmm. Well, it, regardless, the point is, like, I think that there is, I think that they focused on the surface a little bit, and they didn't really, I mean, they made it, they made it about the superlatives and her father, which I understand her father, sure. Right. Um, well, and her But they really just, just sort of, they really just sort of, like, danced on the surface on that stuff. Well, it's uh, up to us that, to that parents, uh, yeah, and then spent a lot of time talking about the sexual stuff. I mean, a lot of time. But you think that's important? You could spend it, don't you? Well, in a relationship, what's more important: the fact that you can actually do the physical thing, or the fact that like you can understand emotionally where somebody's coming from? What's more important in sex? Obviously, the emotional component. But isn't that the whole point of this? It wasn't all. But physical. they did. But it then why spend the why why spend so many pages doing the physical stuff and not? But they didn't spend... even have any physical thing until like almost the end of the novel. They had a lot of physical stuff going. Well, on. moments, but they weren't like really, you know. They were. It was pages, and then the emotional side was sort of like not that explored. Hmm. You just sort of like get glancing, sort of like, oh, he's a bad father. Just just know that he's a bad father. And don't know exactly what he did, but he was Well, we know there. he had a lot of women. He abandoned them. He left them. They had to be raised by their grandmother. Mm -hmm. So we know he abandoned them. Right. But and the, she had a hard time connecting because of this abandonment. But then they, so like taking her to the art store. And that was enough to, like, make her think that she's not going to be abandoned? Well, no, remember, it wasn't. They went out to dinner. They danced. They, But it wasn't enough. She didn't go back. Remember, she rejected right. him still. It wasn't enough. What was enough? Her dealing with her father was enough. Mm. Ultimately. Because yeah. now we're back to backstory. And how so often it's not about you. Mm -hmm. Like, when you're mad, it actually might not be about me. Mm -hmm. even if you take it out on me. Just like most of the time, 
if I'm upset with you, it has actually nothing to do with you. I'm upset and you're the person closest to me and I right. can take it out on you. Now, we don't have a problem communicating like they do. Right. But still that happens. And right. so for them, obviously, they had not dealt with anything right. in their lives. But they were young. She was only 26. Right. So like this was Well, they very... spent a lot more pages on the physical yes, component they did. than it the was, emotional well, it was components. Much more described. Right. Than the emotional landscape. So, but that's, you know, that titillates after all, right? That word, I don't know that I like that word that well, much. Well, they, they but... actually used the word, uh, what was it, uh, book boner, I think they called it. <laughs> Did you like that, that term? I mean, I, mean, the fact I didn't, that but that you like, didn't find that funny? That seems like something oh, like... You guys don't say that. <laughs> they might. So ridiculous. It's what women wish men would say because they're crass but it's kind of like showing that they care and that they're having an emotional reaction no that was specifically physical. about the physical physical reaction a physical reaction to the to the sex, sex scenes, scenes in the novel like right. that's what that was in relation so it wasn't about the emotional part really right, right, right. so <laughs> i mean yeah i don't know where this one leaves us really but um well, it was okay. good. It was good because it was very much like about our project that we're doing. Right. That's what you I know. thought. You know, it's mm -hmm. like good I mean, to read it early, and and even if no men would speak the way the men speak in this novel, it was good to see them because that's the way a romance novelist and some a, someone who appreciates oh, romance novels thinks about these things. That's and, true. And you, that was and pretty you revealing. In turn, yeah. And you in turn also think about these things. Wouldn't you say? Del, yeah, I mean, Del and Malcolm it, basically channeled Ashley Johnson. No, no, I mean, none of the things they said really rang your, untrue to me. So I would agree inner, about that. Your inner dialogue is just know, being channeled by Del I don't Del know if that is the case, but I'll, I'll let you imagine that that's my inner dialogue. What did you learn? Um, I mean, I actually was surprised. I didn't think I was going to enjoy it, even though I liked it the first time because I liked the idea of this book club. But then you were like in my ear saying men would never be in a book club. But I actually do think it's an exaggerated version. It's kind of like an, a dramatic version. Of what can happen in a marriage. Like you have to work at it. Mm -hmm. And you can't just go about your daily life not paying attention to the other person or you right. will grow apart. Now their situation maybe is unrealistic, but the other, I, don't, I think that's true. Mm -hmm. So I do think there was something about that and that act of like not letting that happen mm -hmm. is what romance is once you're past the initial like developing of a relationship. It, that's why you, to romance is because you don't want that to happen. And I think that that it matters. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, as usual, I still liked it. Yeah. Even though this is my second time reading it. Well, good. <laughs> well, you should like things that you finished. You shouldn't just read stuff you don't like. No, but I mean, a romance novel, you can read a romance novel in an hour or two. So, like, yeah. even if you don't love it, you can still finish it. Yeah, this was very easy. Right. All right, so uh, what are we moving on to? Have you given any thought to that? Yes, we are going to read The Wedding Game by Wedding Sarah Game. Desai, D-E-S-A-I. 
this side that sounds foreign? Um, it's Indian. Oh, interesting. So it's a still what, takes what, place in the U.S. What kind um, of Indian? Like what part of India do you know? We'll have to read to find out. Okay. Um, so that's next. The Wedding Game. The Wedding Game. Yep. By Desai. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> 